When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't and we are here vibing with usa because usa are vibing with usa brandon how are you doing lj um you know i texted you i want to know what time we were recording and i got back team i w a off thd top and i said huh and then you said, I'm ready. And I said, same. <laughs> LJ, you were so excited. And I didn't realize it for a second. Then I finally got it. Team USA got somebody else to their team for the World Baseball Classic. And they are just so stacked now. LJ, would you like to bring everyone the great news and then probably run through what what our, what a projected roster looks like? Yes, Moving in, of <laughs> so excited. He's so excited. Coming on to the World Baseball Classic roster, the projected starting shortstop replacing Sir Jackie Robinson himself, Tim Anderson. We have Trey Turner. Let that sink in there. It is. That is very underwhelming reaction, but no, it, it's. It's amazing. Um, and I mean, when you look at this roster, at least the hitters that they have right now. I don't think a pitcher is committed, which is slightly concerning, but it makes sense, though, because I feel like a lot of these guys, you know, pitcher health is such a big thing that they're probably going to wait till after the season to see how they're feeling before they commit any of those guys. But this could easily, as you were about to, I'm sure, say, be the best lineup that they've had ever ever 
you're talking you have the two best catchers in the league in JT Real Muto and Will Smith. There's there's no argument to that, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the two best catchers in the league. And they're both on your team, which that's a great problem to have. Um you have yeah. the two off- best offensive first baseman in the league. One of course is obviously the pure the clear cut DH. Actually either of them could be the clear cut DH. You you're telling me we're you're, we're putting Paul Goldschmidt and Pete Alonso into this lineup. Like they're both locked in, right? Those are yeah. locked in starters. Going around. I also noticed I feel like there's someone that they left off the um outfield that I saw I thought was committed. Let me see. You can while you're going through it, I'll see. Yeah, are you on the CBS Sports one? No. Um oh. I'm on the MLB.com one. Let me oh. see. Well, anyway, let's go from the okay, top. Okay, yeah, so MLB.com did leave them all. We did not have, do not have any pitchers committed unless somebody's showing up on the MLB.com one yet. Not something I'm concerned about yet. So we'll move on from one, going over to two. As Brandon talked about, JT Real Muto will be the starter for that group with Will Smith in to back him up. Moving over to first base, we have, as we said, Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is my pick for DH. Maybe Brandon will come up with a different answer here as we go through, but he's my guy for that spot. Paul Goldschmidt will start. Moving over to second base, we have Trevor Story. Third base, now we will have Nolan Arenado, who, as I talked about yesterday, is having the best season of his career and will be coming in the hottest you could ever ask him to be. He needs to win MVP, by the way, because I did throw a few bucks a couple weeks ago, the night that we were talking, at 15 to 1 odds. So Ooh. pretty nice if, if it pays out, but I think they're going to give it to Goldschmidt despite all of his negative fielding value. He's it got just, awful, <laughs> which is he's, why he just made it back with his offense. Though. Yeah, but let's talk about how amazing that is. You know, defensively, that's going to be a black hole. The fact that I'm picking Paul Goldschmidt to be in the field with those numbers, like, that goes to show you how little I think of Pete on it from a defensive standpoint either. But then, of course, we'll have Trey Turner as the starting shortstop for this group. I mean, we've gone into so much detail on this guy. You're talking about a 95th percentile expected batting average this year. The fastest man on the planet. What more could you ask from from this guy he's got 18 home runs and 21 stolen bases this year just all-around fantastic player but moving into the outfield with tim anderson backing him up is where this group is really going to shine with my own predictions starting in left field we will have bryce harper the former mvp twice two-time mvp honestly you know he's 100 percent in this conversation and your arenado take becomes a little more dangerous had he not got broken his thumb or hand or whatever it was that held Bryce Harper out because that's the type of player he is right now. That was the guy that got left off the MLB.com. That was the guy that got left off. Yeah. Yes, but they still listed four outfielders. So I'm interested if they, if it's, if you have four outfielders left, I have five outfielders. Okay. Moving over to center field. We have, the best of the generation, one of the best to ever do it, Michael Trout, come on down, center field. And then rounding out right field, we have Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
that's if you're picking an outfield, that's the dream, correct? Yeah. Like and it's the three players, like there was probably quite there's probably been quite a few years in my life where if you ask me, like, oh, like who are three of the best outfielders in the league? Like out of the top five, these three are just or are, are, we're always on. I mean, 2019, 2018, probably 2017, you could put three of them on there. Uh it's it's a dream team out there and these other t- few guys that you're going to go through, you could even make a case for, for them to play with how well we've seen them play in the past. But just having those three, that's like, it's unfair. It's just unfair. But LJ, give us the, who you project not to be in that, the outfield there. Not to be in the starting outfield. I have Cedric Mullins, the first 30-30 player in Orioles history back just last year still putting up tremendous numbers. And we have Kyle Tucker of the Houston Astros, who will be a Team USA rookie as well. Now, LJ, question. Okay, because you know I'm a Hopefully Kyle answer. Tucker guy. Because you know I'm a Kyle Tucker guy. So this is a guy that has had positive defensive value um, every year since 2019 in right field. Do you maybe move move around the outfield a little bit and not have Bryce Harper playing the field and have Harper DHing and let Tucker play in the field because he's just as good with the bat as, as anyone on this team. He is. He Here's is the thing. Good. First off, I don't, as much as the numbers show it, I think Bryce Harper, when he's at his best, you can agree, isn't a bad fielder. No, but are these guys going to be giving that World Series Game 7 effort in this, in the World Baseball Class? Like, you would have to assume, right? But also... This only comes around every couple years. Yes, I know, but... All right, it was. it's probably a dumb question for, for me to, like, say, but, like, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Like, if you get hurt in the World Baseball Classic, potentially be out, miss, like, some of the prime years of your career or prime year of your career you would be pretty pissed off not in praying that no one gets hurt and that we win the tournament but just it's 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 definitely a thought you know here's here's my thing i understand where you're coming from look at I'm all not- the college football players that like skip prestigious ro- like bowl games just cuz they don't want to get hurt like you got guys skip- they have no respect for the game but here's my my outlook on that i understand your concern However, if that was a concern to the guys, it would be a concern to me. And there's three reason that's, reasons that that isn't a concern to me. Number one are the injury risk, high injury risk players here. The fact that Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, who have both missed time here, both committed while they were hurt to this team, shows how much it means to them and shows that they want to play regardless of whether they've got the risk. Because they both know that if they don't handle things correctly on any given day, they could probably manage to get themselves hurt again. Like, they're both guys who do have that kind of history. If they're willing to play despite that, that shows the commitment. And the bigger one for me, which, you know, kind of, I know we don't need more than five outfielders, but 
it gets me thinking, Trey Turner opens the door to a lot of players because he was a guy I wasn't expecting to get when I was filling out this team in my head. You know, I kind of did throw Kim Anderson in there as the best option because he was the only guy that I thought would play, would be good enough to play, that wasn't on a contract year. I did not think with the way that these free agent market has been going over the last couple of years, that any of these guys on a contract season who will be free agents during the winter would want to risk themselves in this type of tournament. Clearly, that's not the case for Trey Turner. Either he has an extension coming from the Dodgers tomorrow that we don't know about, or he just genuinely wants to be here. So these guys want to be here. My question is, will that energy be able to be up for the entire tournament? It's very hard to bring that type of intensity against Israel that you'd bring to the DR. But once yeah. you get those knockouts, once you get into the Venezuelas, the Puerto Ricos, the Dominican Republics, that fire is going to 100% be there. But back to your question about Kyle Tucker. If we're saying Bryce Harper isn't a bad fielder, certainly from a left field standpoint, he's well above average. I like that. I also defensively would like Bryce or would like Mookie Betts in right field over Kyle Tucker. Maybe that's just personal preference, but I flat out athlete right there. Freak athlete, center fielder. That's that's honestly my my dream would be, of course, you know, you're gonna take Bryce Harper every day of the week. But if you could get three center fielders onto this in this outfield, that makes such a difference impact wise. And then exactly. we we'll get down to DH. By moving Bryce Harper to DH, if you just threw Kyle Tucker in left field, let's say, if you're pushing Bryce Harper to DH, that then becomes the question of who do you like better as a DH? Do you like Pete Alonso, 142 OPS plus 105 RBIs this year, 31 home runs, or do you like Kyle Tucker, 131 OPS plus? 22 home runs, 82 RBIs this year. 19 stolen bases is great. I like option A better. Okay. That's just my own personal preference. It's it's definitely a good problem to have. And when you talk about late game situations where you want to, you know, do left versus right or to pinch hit, you've got options. Um, however, LJ, they they do need a pitching staff. I'm not worried. Um, I think that that we're going to be fine, but um, yeah, definitely really excited and and I, I can't wait to see how we're going to play and we'll for sure be giving more updates um, as they come on the team. And that also, we did leave out a couple of other major ads to this team off the field. And that's talking about the fact that Mark DeRosa will be the manager and Ken Griffin Jr. will also be on this co- coaching staff. He's the hitting coach. Any yeah. reactions to this? Because I feel like this is, not only, you know, this is the easiest place for a guy to get his start and to get his feet wet with this stuff. Because, you know, largely these guys are going to be able to handle themselves. They're that good of players. But this could be definitely be the jumping off point for both of these guys to very successful careers in this. Uh, I, I I hate to burst your bubble, but Ken Griffey Jr. is already employed by the MLB um, in their I, league office. It doesn't matter. Okay. I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, legitimately, you know. I don't know why he would want to keep doing it. I would just 
keep that spot in the league office forever and just roll with it. If, yeah, him, if, if he wants something, if he wants back in the game, he's in it. He's literally working for the league. No, no but if, if he wants back on the field is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like this is your entrance point. And if not, you can't tell me that, you know, this is, this is a pretty sweet gig and you're Ken Griffey Jr. If you tell, if you make it clear that you wouldn't hate being the Team USA hitting coach for the rest of your your life, I'm pretty sure you're going to get that job. You know how many how many managers are going to turn down Ken Griffey Jr. This isn't well, like Barry yeah. Bonds only talking to Mike Stanton during his time uh, in Miami. I don't blame him. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, that's probably the best course of action for him is like if he wants on the field this is his opportunity you know maybe take some of those uh take the futures games opportunities take team usa responsibility and then you can still stay in the league office but i think either either way works this gives him so many options mark DeRosa too all right well let's move on talk about three young players that got called up and we are going to dive deep or at least a little deep uh, on all three of them. Let's start with the biggest one that happened today. And that is the Baltimore Orioles uh, calling up Gunnar Henderson. Um, and in one of their corresponding moves, they signed Jesus Aguilar to a minor league deal, which just wanted to throw that in there because we're going to get lost in all this Henderson stuff. But that's a really good move, I think, for for Baltimore, because should they be able to make the playoffs, he would be postseason eligible and so would Gunnar Henderson that's why all these prospects are getting called up is well honestly at least why Henderson to me makes sense why they would wait till today because if they make the playoffs he can be on the roster but LJ he's like the number two prospect in the sport right now um you know, 500 combined plate appearances in double A and triple A. You're talking 297, 416, 531 slash line, 19 homers, 22 steals, um, 22 for 25 in those stolen uh, bases. According to this, he has a plus throwing arm um, and he's he's a shortstop, but he's played time at third base, a few games at first base, a few games at second base. Um, I would look at how they use him um, in the field because that would be a good indication of what they want to do with him for the future. But huge promotion, massive W for the Orioles for actually uh, pulling the trigger with this because Fangraphs had his ETA at at 2024. So really big move. And he's only 21 years old, uh, was their second round pick in 2019. Yeah, I'm going to start with the fact that the majority of these groups absolutely have been dropping the ball with this 2024 ETA and not moving that up over the last couple of years because what I've seen so far, we've talked about it before, this is a terrific young player. And you give him everything because if I'm the Orioles, you're 100% want to make the playoffs this year. You want to make the push, you want to get there, and you probably can get, you can 100% get there. However, does it really matter what you do once you're there? That's the win for them, is making the playoffs. After that, it's all about experience. And so you're not going to make the choice of, let's bring in the best shortstop. Let's go bring the best third baseman in. 
seeing he will be starting there tonight and batting sixth. But let's not worry about bringing the best quality guy in. Let's bring in the best quality guy for 2025, for 2026 here and get him those reps, get that experience for this team. It's largely the same thing Seattle did last year. That really is clearly working out in their favor. And if his numbers have shown us everything, and I've been over this a bunch, I know, on this show before, this guy clearly shows to be a learner. He grows his game very well and clearly wants to work on it. You don't see such drastic improvements in places like his strikeout percentage and other stats. You don't see that without that mental fortitude. So the more opportunities and the more experience you can give him now, the quicker the adjustment will be going into the years where you're actually like seriously relying on him like next year and the year after. All right. The next guy we're going to talk about also a top five prospect in the league, Corbin Carroll for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He got called up, um, I think two days ago, um, just turned 22 years old, uh, ranked number three by Fangraphs, according to this article, number five by Baseball America. And Keith Law actually has Corbin Carroll as the number one prospect in the sport. Um, look, I mean, he is what he's done at the plate in the minors is uh, quite scary, LJ, wouldn't you say? I mean, pretty much. Every single uh, level he's he's been at, he's like clearly been the best player at that level in the organization. Yep, that's one hundred percent fair. This guy's you know a speed demon. You've got two young guys here who I think defensively stack up really really well with Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll. Mm-hmm. And you're forgot clearly... about Alec Thomas. Yeah, he's actually not bad this year as a rookie. You know. Young kid, he's putting up some pretty solid stats, honest, in all honesty. It, it, it's room to grow, and the, definitely more so what I look for with this, with Alec Thomas, is he's had the flashes that show he can be successful. If you're going to give me that, I'm going to take it all day. Should mention that uh, Corbin Carroll actually has three hits. He's had 10 plate appearances, three hits um, in his first 10, so already – a pretty solid start for for him. There, there. You got two twenty-two year old outfielders, and then I mean, you also have a Dalton Varsho out there who's twenty-six. He doesn't have to catch anymore, and he's a fantastic player. At least this year, he's been. Um, you get uh, Carson Kelly back, who I thought was one of the better catchers in the league. Cattell Marte still there. Uh, Zach Gallen has had a phenomenal year, and. Um, I would be putting him on my Cy Young ballot for the NL should uh, I have to submit a ballot today. Merrill Kelly's been great. I mean, there's a lot. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner that is going right for this Diamondbacks team right now, especially considering they are tied with the Giants in the standings. 
Now, out of curiosity, are you saying Cattell Marte is still there because he's just existing this season with his one and a half war or the fact that they haven't gotten rid of him? Well, it, it's it's going to be – I mean, his contract is very movable. You're talking five years, 76 mil after this year that's left with a club option for 2028. Um, I don't know what's, what's up with him. I mean, he's been okay. Like, he hasn't been – Oh, I don't think he's been awful. I mean, he's been fine. He, I've, I've seen him be a lot better than this. For a lot, sure. a lot better. Twenty nineteen. You know how much stock can we put into the players that were only good in twenty nineteen, where the league saw more home runs than they ever have and probably ever will, and only for us to find out that that all the balls were were juiced. So, you know, what is, how much stock do you put into those power numbers? I still think Atel Marte is a great player. Um, clearly, the Diamondbacks do because that's why they extended him for so long. He's still under the age of 29. Um, but look, the real story here is Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas. Um, those two guys in a few years will be cornerstones of this team. And you just think about all the service time that they have to rack up as well. Um don't forget about Drew Jones, Jordan Lawler. I mean, the Diamondbacks, they got guys now. They are they they definitely you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, definitely. You they have at the minimum their three guys here between Lawler, Carroll, and Thomas. Who knows what's gonna go on with Drew Jones now? Obviously, misses the rest of this year. Does that set his development back too too much? We don't really know. I he could still be like the best player out of his draft class, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Is one hundred percent? Yeah, I just, I don't. I'm not that familiar with the Diamondbacks. I'm as familiar as I can be, mm-hmm. running a daily baseball podcast, but not eating, eat, sleep, and breathing Diamondbacks baseball. Really, you 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 aren't a diehard Diamondbacks fan. Contrary to popular belief, I am only a. I heard Red Sox fan and a casual Mets fan. <laughs> you are just like my mom, who is now a casual Mets fan and a diehard Yankee fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't mean to keep harping on the Cattell Marte thing. It's just, it's coming to my thought process right now. They've kind of missed the boat here with Cattell Marte. And it would have looked like such a stupid decision then. But looking at the way things are going now, imagine if you had been if you had decided to sell high. You know, 2019, you get that fourth place MVP finish out of him and you flip him for something. You could probably you certainly with at that point he would have had like four years of service time, three years of service time. Yeah. He doesn't have much right now. He's on five years right now. This is this is his sixth year. Well, yeah, that's updated. So what's on Fangraphs is updated for the start of opening day this year. Correct. So he would have had three years of service time left with him at that point. You're going to garner a pretty darn good player for Gattel Marte right then. A pretty darn good prospect. And all of a sudden you add him into this and you're you're able to add a guy in who age-wise is much more within the timeline of this group. Like you could keep reasonably Jones, Lawler, Carol Thomas. If you're willing to spend the money 
especially if you can try to get some brave steals out of the these guys, you could keep this group around for like ten years. Tell yeah. him doesn't fit into that ten year timeline. At well, twenty nine years old. Unfortunately, every player just can't be 22 forever. So. No, 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 exactly. But all the more reason that if you sold high, you could have gotten a darn good prospect but, that would be in this timeline. Yes, but, LJ, they would have been trading away their only good player on a team that was horrible when – LJ, okay, I, I get what you're saying, but coming off his age 25 season, finishing fourth in the MVP, they would have got a crazy return. You're absolutely right there. But it would have been a terrible look for the Diamondbacks at the time, who I believe just like two, yeah, in 2019, they they won 85 games. So they weren't terrible. They were actually not bad. They finished second in the NL West. So for them to trade what was clearly their best player who hadn't been extended yet was still had all of his arbitration years left would have been a ridiculous move at the time. Oh, but hindsight's always 2020. So let me counter this and then we can move on. First off, they already did that in 2018 and I know it, the surface time was a little different, but you can't tell me that they had, don't have the balls to move away from their best player and their only elite player if they're going to move away from Paul Goldschmidt back in 2018. Well, they just didn't want to pay him. It's the same thing. Yeah, but they paid him. Pay at least. At least they paid him. At eventually. least they paid him. But my other point here is you got the same offensive production, even if he was a little banged up last year, you got the same offensive production out of him. 143 OPS plus in 2021. Slashes 318, 377, 532. They had not one but two opportunities where he slugged 500 that they could have dumped him and they could yeah. have gotten this deal done. Both of them would have ended up looking exactly like the Paul Goldschmidt deal. And I, I just feel like they missed the boat a little bit there. But it's, again, when I say that, they missed the boat on making the slam dunk. They're still getting a pretty good free throw shooter here. All right, LJ, one last prospect. We're doing our favorite thing. We're ending the show by talking about the Oakland Athletics. And LJ, I don't I, I can't believe that we completely like that this was an oversight. Oakland and Washington are playing each other like right I now. I was I was gonna I was about to bring it up that last night at least, you know that's the worst game of baseball that will be played all season, like right there. <laughs> again, I it's 10 to about, 6. There was no pitching. You know, a combined. It's about competition for me. No pitching by, by, by either team. Um, I don't care if it's ugly. If there's competition, I'm 100% there. And the A's have earned the right to be 29 worst team. Could you name 10 players combined between the two teams that appeared in the game? <laughs> it's probably so hard. Well, Cole Irvin. Okay, you can see that because he got the win. Eric Because <laughs> he got the loss. <laughs> um, Nelson Cruz probably still played. Yeah, he he played. Josh Bell didn't get traded. Josh Bell got traded to the Padres. Oh, shit, that's right. I might have to edit that out. Um, so I've got one strike there. How many am I at? Three? Yeah, three. Raymond Laureano. 
No. Steven Piscotti. Is he still on that? No, he's not on that team. He got uh, cut. He, he got, got cut. cut. He got cut. He got cut. All right, I struck out. All right. Some of the obvious three. names that, that, that you missed that I, I honestly thought you were going to get. Luke Voigt. Oh, Haber man. Ruiz. Um, I jumped over to thinking about the A's too quickly is my mistake. Sean Murphy. Yeah. LJ, you're really telling me that you didn't have Erasmo Ramirez? I mean, he came in and threw. He was chucking for two innings last for Washington, leaving it all out there on, on the field. But the main reason we started talking about this, of course, Oakland traded away Frankie Montas um, on just another one of their – we're going to clear, clear house. The main guy they got back from the Yankees was Ken Waldachuk. He's 24 years old, lefty, fifth-round pick in 2019. Um, so, really interesting story with him, LJ. So, he pitched 10 games in rookie ball after he got drafted in 2019. Then the pandemic canceled all of the 2020 season. So, then they're like, all right, we'll just start him in, in high A, right? 30 and two-thirds scoreless innings over seven stars. <laughs> he still walked over 10% of the batters he faced, but 48% strikeout rate. So <laughs> he went to double A, still a really high strikeout and walk rate. Um, and they said that he's going to pitch uh, on Thursday. You will look at the stats that he's put up this year in double A, six starts, 1.26 ERA. Um they have him at the number 35 prospect in the entire sport. Um, you know, here's a here's a guy for Oakland, 24 years old. He's MLB ready. So he's pitched well in, you know, every um, facet of the minors. The athletics are also pitching J.P. Sears, who came over from the Yankees um, in a trade. And um, he's he's been really good this year in the limited time he's pitched. Um you know, now four of the five pitchers in the A's rotation were acquired by trades through the New York Yankees. Um, but we don't have to talk about that. It's all about Ken Waldachuk. I wish the best for this dude. Was really expecting him to be in the Bronx at some point. But do we have room for a smart happen. ass comment? Huh? Do we have a room do we have room for a smart ass comment? Because not gonna lie, JP Sears and Ken Waldachuk would look mad nice in this Yankees bullpen right now. All right, we signed. We signed but Anthony Chase. Banda's fine. We have no, we signed Anthony Banda, LJ. We brought up the triple A closer, Greg Weiser. He's 27 years old. We brought up um or we signed Chase and Shreve back to a minor league contract, and we signed Tyler Duffy to a minor league contract, as well as Chi-Chi Gonzalez. All because if we're this short pitching in the playoffs, if you sign them on August 31st, they're eligible for the playoff roster. And I swear to God, if I see Chase and Shreve or Chi-Chi <laughs> Gonzalez out there on the mound in a playoff game, I am going to absolutely lose my mind. And they did this in 2019. They put Stephen Tarpley on the playoff roster they just always find these weird ass dudes these weird ass relievers 
to be the last guy on the roster in the playoffs because of course it is a little bit expanded but still it just it makes no sense like just work with what you got and all these guys are gonna back, got. all what? these guys are going to come back from from injury anyways like there's at least some of these guys will 100% be back clay holmes is already back well i also think you know same talk about the orioles and experience the last guy in your playoff bullpen isn't going to get that much work. Why aren't you bringing up your most MLB-ready pitching prospect just to have him sit there with the group? Like, if you have to have that bottom guy, that seems like a better way to go than some journeyman that can't even legitimately make a worse team's roster. I just think, however, that that has to be the... I got to find a way to work that into the show title. Oh, um, if I if I see one of these random ass guys in a playoff game roster, yeah, um, I wanted to look at something because you were talking about the Orioles, so I switched their team page. This guy Felix Bautista, they're they're a closer. F Bow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, right now the AL reliever of the year is going to go to to Emmanuel Class A, and and it's he's just running away with it. But is 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 F Bow in second place? Do you? I mean, fifty seven innings and a one five eight ERA, seventy six Ks, the sixteen walks is he's the he's probably the second best reliever this year in the American League. No, um, F Bow's got to be up there. F Bow is nasty. I mean. Maybe one of the Seattle that's, guys. That's ignoring a couple of these Seattle guys I think are up there. You know, you look at uh, Andres Munoz, uh, maybe even Paul Seawald. I talk about, what about Jason Adam? Are we going to ignore this yeah, guy? whatever this happened guy? to Jason Adam? Like, he's still he still dealing. has a 195 ERA. 1-2-0, LJ. He's got a 1-2-0. One, one, oh, no, I'm looking yeah. at his expected. Yeah, no, this guy's a stud. <laughs> yeah, 64 Ks to 11 walks. Um but he's only got seven saves. I mean, look at how the Rays use their bullpen. They have a guy with seven saves, a guy with four saves, a guy with six saves, another guy with seven saves. I mean, they just don't care. It's almost like that that's the way that you should be operating, LJ. But F-Bow is going to... F-Bow is nasty. We got to add F-Bow to the title also. Yes, especially seeing... I can't believe I got that to stick so quickly. F-Bow. F-Bow. Um, look, F. Bow is going to be one of the rising relievers. I'm just not 100% sure that he is, uh, I don't think he's quite there yet this season. He's filthy. I mean, you like watch his stuff. He has such a violent motion to the plate and it's like, it's, it's nasty. I mean, he's a big dude. He's, is it, I hate six, five, one ninety. I mean, he's six foot five. He's What's... go ahead. No, I'm just a big I'm a big F bow guy. Fix it, Felix F bow. I also want to see 61st, oh, 61st percentile in extension. That's not gonna get it done. I'm obsessed with this now. I'm f- so glad they finally You're an extension uh nerd, huh? Percentage and the fact that they've got it as a percentile now and so baseball savant goes great. Basically, it's about how how close you get from rubber to plate releasing the ball um, on the pitch, how close you're getting. Because that's 
it, it's it makes such a difference, you know, if you can get that right. And it drove me nuts. There was a darn good pitcher. I think it might have been for whatever the Mid Atlantic team was this year in the World's Little League World Series. We never did a postmortem on the World Little League World Series. That should probably be something we get to at some point. Congrats to Curacao. Hawaii, sorry. That might have been the best team we've seen in years at the Little League World Series, and you just completely tore them up. But no, I can't. It kills me. I can't remember what team it was, but it was driving me nuts because they had this kid who was five nine, which is not like no. unheard of for this because it's basically no, there's no. I, I would be hard. It'd be hard to find a twelve year old who's actually five nine. I mean, that's crazy. It's, it gets close there, though. Brandon, think about it. That's middle school. That's just at the beginning. You hit 12 years old. That's just that early part of puberty where there's that awkward stage where you're either four foot or you're like five, five. So, you know, there's no middle ground there, but there certainly are tall kids. Point of the matter is whether he's being truthful about five, nine or not, dude was mad tall. And his step to the plate was like half an inch. It was painful. He was so compact. And I'm like, on the Little League level, no one can stop you. Like, you're uh, you're unhittable. Regardless of what you're throwing, if you have just a decent fastball and you can extend well, use that body to your advantage. It was driving me nuts. But other than that, great tournament, amazing Hawaii team, and overall insane catching performances and insane shortstop play. Uh, one last thing that we have to talk about. Um, so Timmy the Trumpet or Timmy Trumpet or whatever his name is was at the Mets Dodgers game yesterday. Um, was gonna play live if they if Edwin Diaz got brought into the game. The one game he's gonna be there for the full year to actually play play the trumpets live, and the Mets chose to not bring Edwin Diaz into the game. Um, it happens, though. You know, well, I don't think yeah, not not that much of a choice. But they were losing. Like that's the thing, because like I, so I told my my apartment roommate, I was like, yeah, like I was like, so they had the guy there that plays the trumpet, like actually plays the trumpet, and they didn't bring Edwin Diaz into the game, and he was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and I was like, well, they're playing the Dodgers, and like. They, they 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 wouldn't just want to waste him in a game that they were losing just so that he can get this outstanding intro because they were still losing from the seventh inning on. So like it, it also makes no sense to I, I don't like doing it in any loss situation, regardless of if you're gonna need him later in the series, because it's not it doesn't feel the same if this guy's not going in to shut you down and ruin your evening. Right. Like that's part of the effect of these closer walk-ins. And yeah, it just, it wouldn't have been right. Odds are this won't be the only game he shows shows up for this year. It's going to be the only regular season game. Yeah, hopefully the, hopefully there's a playoff game. I mean, he'll, he'll show up at some point look, in the playoffs, whether he is asked to or not. I've, let me just say, if if Edwin Diaz comes into a home playoff game and blows a save somehow, that would be like one of the craziest moments in the last like five years in baseball. Just that alone. He hasn't blown a save at home this year, right? Brandon, let's think about this logically. That's completely right. unrealistic. There is no way Buck Showalter is bringing his closer into a playoff game. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> I want to see if he's blown a save at home. <laughs> that was on the road. Oh, no, that was at home. He blew a save to the car. Oh, no, but they won. Okay, well, so if you win and you blow a save, that, that doesn't really matter. All right, other than the one game where he blew a save, but the Mets still won, he hasn't blown a, a save at home. And what? when was that game? May 19th. That's still impressive. Not having not blown a save at home since May nineteenth is still. He hard. hasn't allowed a run. Oh well, no, he got he allowed a run against the Phillies the other day, but before that, it was June eighteenth. Unreal. All right. Oh, by the way, the Mets are forty-five and six when Edwin Diaz pitches in a game this year. So, LJ, I think I, I think we're done. Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, Team of the week tomorrow. That's right. All right, right, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, Uh, just going to say thanks for listening. As always, uh, follow us at MLB Daily Pod. And uh, LJ, if you have anything else. Nope, just about that. Uh, See you manana. See you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.